0: So in the history of organized thinking, there are many visions of life and what life is or what life could be, ranging from the very uh, so-called pessimistic negative interpretations that life is nothing but futile strife, it's meaningless, it's empty, it's suffering, it's misery, it's awful too, much better interpretations where life is taken to be something meaningful, something substantive, and of course, we find the same diversity of views amongst people that Uh, or do other things than than simply think about life, Uh, whether it's somebody that sweeps the streets or somebody that's a CEO. Everybody has, arguably, uh, or would have, if if pressed, something to say concerning their view of life. Oh, life uh, is just, uh, there's no point, or there is a point, or this or that. So how do we try to clarify our thinking concerning um, such a question, such a matter? So here we might say that asking, what is life like? Is life uh, good? Is life bad? And, and so forth and so on. Is like saying, what is the success of a, an athlete in a particular sport? Whatever the sport may be. What is success like for an athlete in basketball? So is this a viable question or not? And obviously, just without providing any further detail, it's a complete nonsense question. Why? Because the success of an athlete in, for example, basketball, is tremendously contingent maybe not entirely there's things that occur but tremendously contingent on who the given athlete is and how hard the given athlete works and how smart and and basically on effort it's contingent on effort it's contingent on ability it's considered contingent on talent excuse me And so forth and so on. So it's a completely ridiculous question to simply ask, what is the success of a basketball player looks like? As if there was a single basketball player, a single athlete in a given sport, a hockey player, a football player, a boxer, a golfer, a tennis player, a ping pong player, a chess player, if we consider chess a sport. What does success look like for an athlete? It's a ridiculous question. So we would say that the same thing then holds for life. To simply say, what is life? And that's it is the same kind of question. It's a ridiculous question. What is life depends on who we're talking about and as it concerns which person uh, or people. And, and the the answers vary tremendously. So what is the uh, what are the ranges here and, and what's going on here? So we would say that um, um, the, the, all the other animals, they are what they are just to offer some broad general things. Ideas contextualizations all the other animals and insects they are what they are they can never be anything other fundamentally than what they are and consequently their range of life is very much set. we can in fact ask what is life like for a monkey or for a mouse or for a beaver or for a a pig. Now, also, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is that varies a lot, right? Somebody uh, has a dog and takes care of the dog tremendously, and, and a, another dog is in the streets. Who would say it's a very different quality of life. But being that animals, as far as we can tell, are devoid of higher-level conceptual thought and higher-level language and abilities to communicate beyond a, a certain relatively elementary point, uh, which for, is advanced for, in, uh, for its own sake or as it concerns itself, but in an absolute sense compared to us. Uh, and, we, and we cannot imagine that animals are conceptualizing their situation, that they're aware of a distant past and a hope for a future. And consequently, uh, that they that their quality of life does, in fact, vary as much as we may think from looking at it externally. Right? Imagine if we had no memory, we had only short-term memory, we had no capacity to conceive of the future. Further, we had no personal identity, we had no I, we had no sense of self that would uh, uh, establish continuity from the past and, and going to the present and to a hopeful future, at least as we perceive it, and, and um, further, that we had no ability to... uh, So much of the thought processes that we take for granted, we're comparing ourselves to other people, to society, to our family, to our friends, to all these expectations, to hopes, to dreams, all of that was gone. We had no capacity to conceptualize. We just had the given moment and the given desire that we have right now. For example, I want to eat or I want to sleep and so forth. So that's what uh, reason and and observation tells us is the life of animals, even the most advanced animals. There's a single instance in the present ruling desire as opposed to some kind of rich inner life that we might might, uh, anthropomorphize animals uh, or in anthropomorphizing animals we might attribute to them some kind of inner life which really we cannot say that they have. So consequently we would still say that as much as it would seem that the life of a street dog uh, is very different from that of a poodle in a and, and uh, you know the queen's the queen of england's puro that probably hopefully gets taken care of very well We would say probably not probably not and obviously animals can suffer and we don't want anybody to suffer and in a it, you know if you can put a, a dog in a cramped cage it probably won't be too happy but it's, it's assuming the animal's not suffering and is is getting what uh, it, its basic desires met f- f- food play if if uh, as appropriate, and so forth, and so on. We can't imagine that the the quality there uh, varies, because there's no mind to to facilitate such variation. But but by the way of the Homo sapiens, by the way of us, uh, we do have the mind, even the lowest specimens of us, and consequently, uh, we are. It's it. It might almost be a uh, an uh, an un- an unwarranted abstraction to say that there's a body of humanity. To say that there's a single. Uh, species oh human beings or, or, or whatever or something like that physiologically obviously physically obviously uh, th- there is by the way of the DNA uh, obviously and it's not a question of uh, from the political perspective human rights wise obviously there's single species but as it concerns experience as it concerns uh, what it's like to be uh, a given person we would say that it, it very it, it doesn't much help Decide that that we're of the same species, aside from um, certain latent potentials, and, and and like we said, the the mind and the advanced the, c- conceptual capacities. But other than that, we each have, as it as it very much seems, our own world, our own entire universe conceived in terms of our own unique attributes of our own particular development. For example, you tell a baby, "Hey, baby, you're you're a human being like anybody else. You're just a person." Like. You know, there's uh, the, the rocket scientist, excuse me, there's the CEO, you're also the same thing, you're a person, right, As so the one before the baby can speak. Okay, how does that help the baby? Does that modify the baby's experience? No. So we see, it's about as far away from being a baby as being a grown-up, or at least a fully functioning uh, grown up as as anything can be and that's just because the dna test would come back the same as it concerns the species it doesn't really help it doesn't change anything so it's the same idea it's about as far away from being one sort of person to another sort of person as it is from being a baby to any kind of adult as and maybe as it is from being a even a, a person to an animal or arguably speaking or even to an insect perhaps it's massive massive differences uh, of of the entirety of of existence, uh, however, we would frame that and say it's one's own or, or something like that. These are complicated uh, questions of of identity and individuation and, and, and all that stuff. But anyhow, because of that, we would say it's a ridiculous question to ask simply, "What is life?" Right? Like as if it's a single thing. What is life and and for a person? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it suffering? Uh, and It's not a it's it's again like asking what is the athletic performance for a given athlete like what so so we would say right so as it concerns those variations obviously there's the physical Obviously some people are better off materially and have a nice place to live and have enough to eat and to drink and all of that and others don't obviously there's health issues. Some people are, are thankfully robust and healthy and others are sickly and, and measly and, and always getting sick and suffering from health issues. Some people live in, in, uh, in regimes that, that oppress them and, and forbid the, the, the full development of, of uh, their potential. Others live in, in free nations that, that allow that uh, expression of individuality. It, it, some people, um, basically, the external conditions, of course, vary tremendously. And we don't, and we shouldn't dismiss that and say that um, they shouldn't matter or that they don't really matter. Because even though we would say it's true that at the highest peaks of, of human development, the external kind of goes away and ceases to matter, as we can see from from the lives of of great uh, thinkers, of great uh, individuals uh, that again and again have made the points that. It doesn't so much matter that we have money or don't have money, that we're healthy, that we're not healthy, that we're this, that we're that. What matters is our own inner development. We would say that to get to that point where it doesn't matter is very hard. And if we initially grew up in a very, in an environment not at all conducive to our development, to our true education, to our upbringing, to our humanization, excuse me, then, excuse me then we, we're never, chances are, going to get to that point of, of being able to be um, eh, eh, apathetic concerning the external and consequently our, our wheel, meaning our W-E-A-L, or our uh, conception of the good, our conception of, uh, of success will certainly hang on the external factors and that's why we don't need to put aside uh, material goals. Uh, it will be very nice if Uh, The the bulk of of the species uh, found itself in in comfortable conditions and had great health, physical health, and uh, wealth, and all these things. Nobody's saying no. That would be very nice. But with that said... Obviously, um, the in itself, the external cannot do anything for us. It's how we interpret it. If it's not clear, the immediate blatant example: a person can live in a five hundred million dollar mansion, or under a bridge. We fall asleep. That's it. It's all gone. If we might be, we might dream of something else, but that's all gone. So, uh, so you see, we have to be there, and we have to understand it. Our pet dog doesn't know if we live in a five hundred million dollar house, if there's such a house that we live in. Such a house. Our, uh, th- this is a concept. This is an idea. If we all of a sudden lose our memory, may we be spared? We also may not know, even if we're in that very house. If we lose our capacity to, to conceptualize concepts, we also won't know. Because five hundred million, the sum is 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 a concept. It's an idea. A, a nice house is a concept. Otherwise, we're just perceiving something like a wall, or we're looking at just a. Uh, a bunch of lines from the distance. What is that? How? We don't know what it is. These are all concepts. These are all ideas. And consequently, they hang on, on the thinker. They hang on, on the one that, that is having those ideas. So in principle, as a matter of fact, not just on a case-by-case basis, nothing a- external can do. Excuse me. Anything at all of substance for us, it all hangs on, on our interpretation, uh, on our development. So we would say that uh, the the pivotal factor that, as it concerns the the range here, of outcome, is a, a person's uh, de- development. It's a person's mental development, a person's emotional development, and a person's character development. Now, what are some of the the key things here? These are I see massive topics that each one would warrant the. A tremendous amount of of uh of uh, uh talking about it and writing about it, and so forth, but what are some key points that we could suggest here? So we would say that as it concerns uh mental development the the really pivotal thing might be the capacity to think objectively, meaning we see in our animal phase of life whatever capacities of intellect we have is solely and totally in subservience to our will to our desires. It's strictly about what it is that we happen to want. Uh, and then our this, our, our uh, intellect hops in to facilitate that. So, for example, I want to get a good deal. Now I'm going to think, how can I get a good deal? I want to launch a business. Now I'm going to think, how can I launch a business? I want to make some money. Now, how do I go about making some money? That is how our intellect works in our default natural state. In order to have a higher outcome, to enjoy a better world that we live in, we have to be able to think objectively, which is obviously not at all synonymous with repeating some kind of terms that we take to be academic or bookish or or pedantic or something like that. For example, we read up E equals MC squared. Now I'm an objective thinker because science, because math. Two plus two is four. Now we mean being able to think in a disinterested way. To consider what is true, what is clear thinking, without it factoring in our own narrow vanity and, and uh, selfishness and desires and all of that. So that would be perhaps uh, A, if not the key, to our mental life. If we have that, whatever intellectual capacities we have can be uh, used for our betterment and for the betterment of, of the whole, of uh, anybody and everybody else and everything. Uh, but if we don't have that, the smarter we are, the, the more intellectual resources we have, the more corrupted and rotten and disgusting. Now we are. Now we're a genius and all of that uh, uh, capacity to understand concepts and to, uh, excuse me, and memory and... and uh, cleverness and all of that now it's in subservience to to our uh, to, to our subjectivity to what we need to feel good about ourselves and be willful in our opinions and that and we've seen obviously these things can can result in in the deaths of hundreds of millions and result in in the the general rotten world that we have because uh, individuals that Again, have don't have intellectual talent and are entirely subjective. Right? What are they gonna do? They're gonna they're, they can go, go and gossip or something like this. But people that have intellectual talent or make a blog post or comment on the internet, people that have intellectual talent and, and gain uh, an audience and gain or gain political power or write books and so forth, and they they remain subjective in this way uh that, that we could escape out of meaning if we define subjective broadly speaking then maybe everything's subjective But in this way that we're talking about the pernicious way that can be uh, obviously an awful impact as it always has been On everybody so that would that could be a key there for our mental development We would say that um, as it concerns our emotional uh, development. It also comes from honesty. It also comes from our intellectual development. Meaning, we can. We're all capable of. Generally speaking, of feeling animal emotions, of feeling rage, feeling grief, feeling euphoria, feeling uh, animalistic type of attachment and attraction, and all of that. But the higher human emotions, the nuanced, subtle, uh, and delicate, the so say emotions, they come from human understandings. They come from an objective intellect. For example, uh, the the human animal cannot have love. For humanity, that's a bizarre concept (laughs) for us in our natural state. The human animal cannot love uh, even his or her own children in a human way, in a a kind of a possessive, animalistic way, the way all other animals love their kin or would appear to, uh, or most or some of them at least. uh, They can, we can, but uh, not in a higher human way. So we would say that when uh, we're honest and when we think objectively, our emotional range opens up and we are able to experience in a visceral, deep, all-encompassing way, uh, uh, every appropriate aspect of life. For example, we're able to truly love our family. We're able to truly love what we do. We're able to feel meaning and purpose. We're able to feel connection uh, with others. We're able to uh, feel uh, at one with, with in- individuals that, that we share our life with or that we encounter. Uh, we're able to connect with uh, the broader reality and feel and feel that. Right? If we're devoid uh, or we have a narrow emotional range of motion, which is stemming from a, 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 a lack of connection with truth, which is stemming from that subjectivity of thought, then we can feel very little. We can feel the animal kind of, again, I feel jealousy. I feel insecure. I feel sad. Or maybe I feel euphoric briefly. I feel excited. I can feel these things, but that broad and all-encompassing, uh, what we can call simply uh, call uh, an emotional life. Emotional life, we would not then be able to feel. So obviously, the the whole world, can, uh, our whole world, hangs uh, this tremendously influenced by our emotional range of motion. Needless to say, so that's something worth paying attention to. What what else did we say? We said uh, the ethical and and the moral level. What does that mean? Does it mean to follow and? Um, uh, kind of rules of chivalry if that's the right word you have to open the door you have to be uh, uh, moral you know you have to not steal but just because it's like c- civilized people don't do that just like that kind of morality so we would say that, uh, that the, another word for morality is is truth if something is not true if it's uh, if something is contrived or arbitrary it can be a part of morality but ultimately what what, what we mean what we ought to mean we can say by the term morality If we want to give it a a lofty meaning, is a conformity of truth, which also, again, it all comes back to what distinguishes us from all other animals, which is that intellect. Which, uh, again, not to be thought of obviously in an academic, pedantic way, but it's that intellect. Without the intellect, there's there's not much we can say. We can socialize somebody, we can behaviorally condition somebody, but to have real human morality, we need we need the lights to be on at least a little bit. We need at least a little bit of thought going on. But if that is going on, we would say that. Real morality uh, consists out of changing our crooked, creaturely, animalistic uh, vein. Ways of thought and action and behavior and conforming them to truth, bending it back into shape or, or for the first time, shaping ourselves properly and doing that, which is truly good for us and avoiding that, which is truly bad for us. So, for example, we wouldn't steal. We shouldn't steal. But according to real morality, but not because it's it's a pedantic type of role. Oh, it's are socialized. People don't do this. Uh, we're, we're the kind of family that doesn't steal. Who do you think we are? We have to follow the law, this, that. We wouldn't steal because it's not true. Meaning what's not mine is not mine. I wouldn't want the single cent stolen from me, right? By definition, I, I might want somebody who needs it to take it. I could say, I don't care, but I would still define if I, if I own something. For example, maybe, okay, we can say somebody completely gives up the notion of property uh, but uh, then they would still have to account for that notion existing in other minds. So either way, there is that concept that that really is real—that something is mine. For example, again, I work all day really hard at my job, and I earn a hundred bucks. And now I take that hundred bucks and I exchange that value for something that I really want. For example, um, I really want a new. Um, you know, I want the new uh, uh, cell phone. Uh, who knows if you can get a good cell phone for 100 bucks these days. But I I exchange the 100 bucks. I get the cell phone. I'm very excited. I worked uh, a long time for it. That's even more than uh, a day. Now, more than 100 bucks. Whatever. I worked a week for it. All right. Now somebody takes that cell phone. What is the idea behind that? Right? Like this is mine. I put forth the effort. I expended my labor. I gave up my life, my time. Where In theory, I could be doing something else. I gave that up in exchange for this good and you just took it from me. Why? Just because you wanted it. Just because you uh, uh, didn't attribute reality to me and my interest and, and only to you. So we see this is a real deep thing. It's a real deep violation against the truth, against reality. And when we do that right, we have to justify it somehow in order to do it. So we have to say you're not as real as I am. Your interests are not as real as I am and so forth and so on. That's the only way we can really do it. So we see that excuse me, we wouldn't do that not because of a pedantic type of rule, but because it's it, it's tremendously damaging to us. And then we damage our, our self and our connection with truth. And that damages everything else that, that we mentioned and so much more. And uh, consequently, that degrades our life. So uh, uh, that's a, the, the key thing we would say about morality is about truth. It's about the, the reality of the situation. And about also the reduction of selfishness is a key thing. Uh, that that we 're all that we all naturally start out with, so those are some ideas there um there's obviously a vast swaths of humanity that continue to live in such a, a, a kind of um elementary phase of life where these things cannot be even conveyed potentially uh, and in that case, when we simply have the the physical life and no intellectual life, no moral life, no emotional life then That is what it is. We can't expect perfection from anybody, as we said, or from everybody. But uh, possibilities exist for great things for those for whom they do exist. So again, to use the analogy of sports, we can't expect that every single person will be uh, a great athlete and will become a professional athlete or even will uh, make the varsity team in high school. We can't expect that. And yet... Uh, there are people that that will and that can, right? So we would give the advice to, to those people to what to do, to work hard, and if you can, you you can. If you can't, you can't. So it's the same idea. We would say that life is contingent uh, past the 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 physical basis of life, or excuse me, past the physical phase of life that that old babies. Uh, have and all young children put to, up to a certain age and then admittedly at the phase of world historical development that we're at very many nations at, or billion many hundreds of millions if not billions of people are still in that phase pa- that phase is a different question how we there we just need the very basic things we need basic education we need basic amenities food water shelter vaccines all all this kind of stuff so that's a different conversation past that uh, and in the phases of life where people are individuated in in a um kind of in a uh, by principle in a in a in in particular ways there's particular persons uh, and not just instances of life we would say that um The outcomes vary on on the degree of moral effort, on the degree of intellectual effort, on the degree of objectivity, all the things we discussed and and much more. And meaning, again, just to to, to make it clear, what we're saying is that uh, we take a person that has grown up in utter poverty in a nation uh, with uh, a, a tiny literacy rate with that who hasn't received any education whatsoever or maybe up to the first grade or something like that that has the most minimal stock of ideas in mind that has no uh, and then we go to a person we say okay you need to work on on your morals you need to work on on not stealing you need to build yourself up like it will be a question whether we can even convey the concepts like that at all to individuals, never mind make them relevant and make them uh, have any kind of appeal. So for people in those phases of life, again, it's the basic literacy, education, all these kinds of things. But already for, uh, say, um, maybe thousands uh, of years, uh, that there have been ever increasing quantities of individuals uh, or, or, yeah, societies with individuals that have uh, attained. In a higher mode of life in principle, and there the ethical and moral, uh, and intellectual and emotional um, kind of uh, uh, dynamics do emerge and are relevant, and we can then discuss them. So, there's some things to think about. Thank you for listening.